Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, 26th of May, and the recovery trade is all on. Our market up 118 points yesterday. That's 2.2%. This morning, we've woken up to the German market up 2.9%, which is about our only lead. The UK and the US were closed, and that's driven our market again today. The Dow futures are up over 200 points. And the sectors that were performing very well in our market yesterday, we saw Webjet up 15% yesterday, Flight Center up 15%, Qantas up 7.2%. Same thing happening in Europe. One travel company in Germany up 15%, Lufthansa, which got a bailout, up 7.5%, Airbus up eight and a half percent and the market started to envisage a return to international travel and there are suggestions that Germany will resume flights into Europe or around Europe by the end of June. So travel doing well also helped by some suggestion from Frydenberg in response to a question yesterday that with the JobKeeper program being $60 billion over budget and being pulled back, will that money go elsewhere? And the suggestion was that some sectors of the economy, such as travel, which have been hard hit, would get some sort of stimulus, which kicked off that performance yesterday. And we are hoping Scott Morrison, who speaks at 12.30 today, is going to say something similar. He's going to be upbeat, surely, for the stock market. He's going to talk about taking the economy out of intensive care, apparently, although it'll take three to five years. But it's going to be upbeat. Now's the time to start trying to stimulate. He politically owes it to the country to get things going again. And that's what he will hopefully start saying today at 12.30. The strategy at the moment is still playing recovery stocks. We already hold fairly decent holdings in Qantas, Flight Center, Webjet, and IDP Education. But there is further to go in those, particularly if you look at the charts of stocks like Flight Center. We haven't seen a recovery in these stocks, and this is perhaps where some of the opportunity does still exist. There's plenty of opportunity around, but particularly exists in the travel sector. And if we start to focus on opening borders and then opening international borders, eventually they're all going to come back at some point. And so we're upping our exposure a bit. We have reasonable holdings, but we're slightly upping our exposure. We're funding that out of selling a few banks again. As we come out of lockdowns and the government makes efforts to stimulate these sectors, there is more mileage left, we think, than sitting in just big quality stocks. So upping our holdings in travel leisure and education. We're still staying well overweight in technology. It is a small part of our index, but we were looking, Ben and I were looking to see which companies are likely to go into the ASX 200, ASX 100, and ASX 50. There's an announcement from the S&P ASX due around middle of June, June 14th perhaps, where they'll announce what companies go into which index. And you can sort of guess it because all you need to do is list all the companies in the ASX 200 at the moment and by market cap list the all odds and you'll see which ones are in the index which aren't. So some companies have grown a lot and are not in the index and other companies have fallen a lot and have probably dropped out of the index. So inclusions and exclusions for June 14th can be Temporary share price movers, generally speaking, stocks rally 5-6% into inclusion. And then the day they're included, they tend to lose a bit of that, lose a couple of percent in the next week or two. But it obviously brings companies into onto the radar of big institutions. So on market cap alone, not necessarily will, but are likely to go into the ASX 200 index. They include things like Kogan. Zip Money, Megaport, that's, uh, I'll give you codes, it's easier. 
DTL, Kogan, KGN, Z1P, MP1, MSB, Mesoblast, all have market caps which would entitle them at the moment to go into the ASX 200. No, I'm not necessarily saying they will, but you can see the the bias towards technology in the ASX 100 companies likely to go in Appen, NextDC, Technology One, TNE, APX, and NXT. And in the top 50 stocks likely to go in ResMed, A2 Milk, but also REA, APT, and Zero, XRO. You can see the growth in technology market cap. And if you want to outperform, you really need to be involved. So still well overweight in the technology sector. As these stocks move up through the index inclusions, more and more passive as well as active fund managers uh, will start to have to buy them just because they're part of their index and the buying fuels the buying. So a good sector to be in. Otherwise, we're still overweight resources, BHP in particular. The real estate investment trust sector had a good day yesterday, first time in a while. But as this recovery theme, everyone getting back into work continues, uh, real estate investment trust doing a bit better. Energy as well, we're still overweight energy. That seems to be going okay. Oil priced up a little bit overnight. We're overweight healthcare, not necessarily as a recovery sector, but as a big quality long-term waiting. Prefer to be in that sector than many other sectors. And we are now underweight the banks, having used some of the money that we've had in sitting in the banks to fund other recovery trades. That's about that for today. I would just say to you that our strategy is working. It might be annoying for you to hear how well we're doing at the moment, but we are doing well. The Marcus Day SMA is now up over 2% since February the 20th when this whole thing started. So we're now up since the COVID-19 started and the index is down 20.43%. And since the bottom on 23rd of March, our fund's up 21.3%, the ASX 300 accumulation index, which is our benchmark is up 17.23%. So we've saved our SMA investors 22.48% compared to the market since 20th of February. We run over 50 million, 53 million at the moment. It's growing rapidly. And that's that means we've saved people $10 million of real money. So if you are interested in letting us do that for you, do give us an email, marcus at marcustoday.com.au, and I'll give you the details of our fund and how to get invested. We have learnt a lot in the last three years running the fund. We had a terrible period in 2018 when the market fell 15% and our fund fell 23%. But we've learnt a lot from that and from all the other episodes along the way. We spent a long time performing in line with the market, trying to work out how do we outperform. And it was because we were holding what I have called often the moron portfolio, which is too much of the big stocks that dominate the index and not working outside of that. Anybody can do that. You could do that in an ETF. We have to do better than that. So I've listed a few lessons for you to use in your own investment that we have certainly learnt, and they include for your interest. We reckon we do well because we work as a small team and not alone. It's very hard to invest on your own. We've got a small team, but it's not so big. And I know there are some big, chunky fund managers around who have committee meetings on investment. How can they ever decide to do anything? So we have a small team, not so big you can't decide anything and, and we're not working alone. Also got the ability to go to 100% cash. You have that ability as well. But we're also prepared to do that. A lot of individual investors find it very hard to sell. We're prepared to do that. We showed that last year when we went to 100% cash and again this year when we went to 70% cash. But most fund managers don't have that ability. We do have that ability. 
you have that ability as well. Most fund managers don't. And even if they did, they aren't prepared to go to 100% cash. We are. We also like to think that we are unemotional. As I say, you need to be Spock. We also have recognized COVID-19 not as a disaster, which most fund managers will have done. It will have been disastrous for them. We've seen it as an opportunity and taken advantage of it. We're also not focused on the long term all the time. There is this general sort of intellectual idea that uh, it's not quality. you're not being a quality investor unless you think long term and take long term views on stocks and do all those ridiculous things like uh, invest on the basis that the stock market can be closed for 10 years. We're just, it's just inappropriate for our sort of investment and for a market that's moving faster and faster every year. Not being long term all the time is certainly something you have to do and we've done. We also don't make predictions. We possibly do more in the way of reactions than predictions. Uh, Not ever thinking or saying, it's okay, it'll be all right in the end. I played golf with somebody last weekend who had said that's exactly what his advisor said. I remember it's exactly what people were saying in the GFC as well. It'll be all right in the end. Well, it took 12 years to get back to the highs in the GFC, so it was all right in the end, but you lost 12 years. We certainly never think or put our faith in it being all right in the end. We've also put asset allocation first above stock picking. That's very important at times. At times the market moves and you have to react to the market. It doesn't matter what stock you hold. So you have to do a bit of asset allocation that is cashing up or not cashing up. Stock picking on themes. We've, been, we've really found that's worked. You pick a theme, be it a recovery theme, the energy sector or the travel sector, And the stocks sort of pick themselves. It's called swimming with the tide. We've done a fair bit of swimming with the tide. Watching the herd and exploiting it, not joining the herd. Making decisions fast, particularly market decisions and asset allocation decisions. You had to do that in this episode. It really did move quickly. Perhaps that was a function of exchange-traded funds being a big part of the market this time. Being constantly vigilant. We're awake every day. We wake up thinking about it, looking at it. A lot of individual investors might look at it once a week or so. We're constantly vigilant, reassessing all the time, being nimble. Our fund is small enough that we can get in and out of stocks. You can't do that when you run billions. And also, as I say, not holding the moron portfolio. In other words, not being too much of an index hugger. We have done that at times, but not being too much of an index hugger or you just find you can never get away from the index. Anyway, that's a little bit of what we've learned over the last few years and what's paid off in the last few months. And no doubt that will change constantly. And no doubt the fact I've talked up our fund means that we're about to get slapped in the face. (laughs) But that's the stock market for you. But at least we'll be awake and making decisions about that next time it happens. Uh, You have a good day. It is a good day. Let's hope it continues like this. (laughs) 